Quiet Sunday evening here in the city of Limerick, where I'm broadcasting to you from, folks. I'm Barry Murphy, bringing you another edition of the Chair Shop Podcast again with my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry. And also, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, everybody. That's all the listeners listening. How are you? You all right? Good. So, my voice is... uh, struggling a little bit at the moment uh paul you and i are, are in the the post ott haze my um, voice is fine as you'll hear though well paul doesn't make fool of himself for the shows that's my job you know um i was actually thinking about this at the show yesterday is that the good thing about ott is um in terms of the crowd it definitely feels like a little bit of a community and Yes. Although I'm not part of it, I like to look around and see people. People will meet each other at the shows, do a big hug. They'll be jumping up and down together, doing their chants. And then, yeah, I, I, I quite like that aspect of it. Me, however, I'm just a bit reclusive from it all. So I'll just sit and clap and, yeah. But that's all right. But that's why my voice is okay and your voice is all hoarse and croaky. Yeah. But it is it is nice. It is a, a a nice little get together. There aren't many. I was actually talking at work um, during the week. Uh, one of the girls was saying, "Oh, are you going up to wrestling again at the weekend?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, and she was like, "It's." She, we were talking about how you know, oh, it must be nice going up to Dublin because you know Limerick, you know, you get sick of it and all this other stuff. And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "It must be nice to have a hobby like that." And I was like, "It is, especially because there is that sense of." Um, <clears throat> I, you know, it's a it's a group thing. It's a very social thing. You know, as much as you want. Obviously, if you don't want to engage with that aspect of it, that's fine. But you know, I you know I like going up and seeing people, and it's a whole, it's a it's you know a highlight of the month. But we'll talk more about that uh, show later. Um, so you have to bear with me. There was a Dan Barry match, so I'm all chanted out um, <laughs> and all sing songed out, and I was also going mental during the main event. But um, Anyway, we have some uh, non-wrestling stuff to talk about as well. We've got a little bit of life guff. we got the old movies. we got the telly. we got the games. Do we have, do we have a music review this week, Paul? Uh, no, because I, I just kept listening to that F- uh, FFS album, <laughs> which I already talked about. Uh, so no tunes this week, kids. It is still good, know. is my review. Uh, you know, hit up Paul on Twitter or, or via email if you want, if you want to contribute to that. Uh, yeah, and uh, emails, and, and then we'll get on to the WrestleGuff. Uh, it's, it's a good thing we have OTT to talk about, because I think we have finally had something of a quiet week news-wise on the wrestling side. Yeah. So, mm. uh, so, so you know, that can that can be that. Uh, before we uh, jump into that, let's have a little, little chinwag about it. The weeks we've had, the lives we've led, and the little feature we like to call uh, LifeGuff. So, Paul, uh, I have a question. Where did you go to eat? Did you go to Bunsen before OTT again? Uh, of course. It is okay. Uh, so I, I uh, broadened my horizons a little bit, um, kind of out of necessity. Did you go to one of those finely chopped salad bars? Oh, how did you know? No, I did not. Um, there's a fucking no, holy shit! There's a lot of salad places in. Yeah, that, in, that, that's owned, I think, by former UFC fighter Carl Pendred. You might remember him getting really? knocked the fuck out in Dublin in his last ever fight. Go on. 
But um, yeah, so I, I did not go there. Uh, we tried. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I, I did not. I had not heard of this before. My Dublin native friends suggested it. We tried to go to Mad Egg. Right. I've, never, <laughs> I've not heard of. I have that. Mad Egg. Well, it's you know, it's it's basically a fried chicken place, but you know, like um, a Dublin bougie chicken fucking place. Okay. Uh, uh, now it looked very nice. The menu looked great, but apparently they're very popular since they opened up. But they don't take bookings, right? So we couldn't, and we just had to basically go and just see for ourselves. And then we went and saw for ourselves, and we couldn't get in because it was so busy. Yeah. So we went to a place just, I think, like literally a few, you know, units down on the same like building block. Um, uh, and we went to a place called Bread and Bones, uh, which is a uh, kind of. A, generic kind of like a burger joint I think maybe how it was you could, um, they had like taco fries and burgers and chips and, and uh, all this other stuff very very tasty uh, I got a uh, all day breakfast burger so you got your burger you got your cheese you got your bacon you got your sausages and you got your egg um, and uh, instead of chips I got a side order of barbecue ribs which uh, what about <laughs> Literally audibly laughed just like Joe did when I said that to the waiter. And I said, excuse me, madam, it is classified as a side on the menu. Therefore, I am not doing anything out of the ordinary. And I will thank you not to judge. Did you just, um, did you just flash her your, your Dan Barry t-shirt and she nodded went, oh yeah, I understand. Wrestling fans. Yeah. Got it. I actually did get a Dan, I actually did get a Dan Barry shirt when I was uh, at the show. I know, I saw your uh, picture of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... It was very, very nice. The wings were... The, the, not the wings. The, uh, the ribs were very, very tasty. The burger was very tasty. Um, and it was a nice little uh, establishment. So, yeah. If ever you're looking for something to try out, Bread and Bones, good recommendation for them. And they, they had, like, uh, dressed fries as well. And they had, like, larger portions of dressed fries if you wanted that as, like, your main course. Really, really tasty. And the other uh, pre-OTT activity we did, I actually decided to go up to Dublin a bit early with the pals and you know do something other than just drink beer and watch wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I did my first ever escape room this weekend. Uh, have either of you partaken in this phenomenon? Yeah. No, I've never. I've never. I think actually, I think Joe, you've talked about it on the show, have you? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of months ago, I think it was. Uh, so yeah, they they blew up kind of you know. A, year or two ago uh we actually have quite a few in limerick i've just never been able to get a gang together to, to go to one we got one for uh, for dublin so there's one in dublin i think there's actually a few um that it's on a boat uh so you go to the you go to like this dock uh there's an, an escape room in a boat and it's like nautical themed obviously um mm -hmm. and so basically you're getting on and it's kind of got like um <laughs> production values it's got a little story to it it's kind of this uh 1916 um era uh, boat it's broken down you're, you're you and your pals are, are the remaining crewmates everyone else is uh you know you wake up and all the rest of the crew have abandoned ship and you're sinking and you have to kind of progress through the ship uh and, and get out the escape hatch at the end with lots of little puzzles and there's some little narrative pieces uh, uh throughout the throughout the thing uh, i remember when i first heard this concept explained uh on like a podcast several years ago it's basically explained as kind of like if someone took point and click adventure games but made them a physical activity yeah. that you could do yeah people and that is that is very much what this was because it was like there are locks and the the combinations of the locks corresponds to certain 
um, uh, numbers that pop up in like flavor text to notes from like the captain and and, and things mm. like that. You, you know, you're you're picking up books that have like you know bookmarks on certain pages and things like that. It, it was it was it was very well done. And then the final room of the uh, first, it, it wasn't much physicality to it, but there, at one point we solved the puzzle and it popped open. Uh, what looked like a locked uh, cupboard, like a, a waist-high cupboard, it popped open, and one of us, which ended up being me, had to crawl through it, like a crawl space. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was very nervous because I'm, I'm not great in enclosed spaces. But they they made it, you know, it, it was not, uh, 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 you know, any kind of freakishly small place. But I did, uh, realizing my age, um, I did. I think I pulled my groin while I was uh, doing that. I came out <laughs> hobbling and limping. Um, I don't think I kind of got full movement in my leg back until about like. The wrestling, which was about six hours later, um, so that's good. Always love being reminded of my age. Um, and then the final room we're in is like the engine room, or oh, not the engine room. What would you call the <laughs> the place with the lever that, that you pull to make the thing go? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I mean, where you sail it from, right? The uh, control room. Oh no! Like it has um, It basically has a switch for like the propellers. Uh, so maybe, maybe that is the engine room. I don't know. But anyway, propeller room. Yeah, um, pro- yeah maybe. But um, and in that room, and like I said, they, uh, it actually you're kind of you're because you're you know time sensitive. Um, things like exploding is a strong word, but like they start water starts coming in and like oh. they have very strategically placed um, sort of barrels that like knock over because they, it's actually like the the water is like thrashing into the room like they're simulate they're actually doing a decent job of simulating like oh there's a leak and you're sinking and so you have to you're kind of under time pressure to solve this last puzzle it was good it was really good crack uh, so if any, any any irish specifically any dublin based folks who want to try out uh, an escape room uh, i would say escape boats is just the name of the company you can find them on facebook really good fun uh, it was 20 quid a head um and i i'm all gung-ho i'm doing another one um, you know, from obviously for like a different company, kind of see what they're like. Uh, I'm well up for that in the future. So yeah, thumbs up on that. Um, uh, always nice to do something a little bit different. Um, uh, and I did at one point find uh, a captain's jacket and I put it on and I was the captain. Um, well, you weren't really. I well, well I, to the engine well, room. And I, I was like, oh. When, whenever, because there's an intercom, and whenever we're, you're like kind of stuck, the, lady, the lady's like, "Do you want a hint?" And I, as the captain, was like, "No," but I was out. <laughs> there was there was mutiny, and they insisted on getting hints. <laughs> oh, we 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 got out with about five minutes to spare, so we won, which was great. If I had my way, we would have refused the very first hint we were offered, and wouldn't have gotten out of the first room. Uh, because I was I was very, despite having no ideas, I was very stubbornly against the idea of taking hints. Yeah, but, cheating. So, uh, anyway, you've got, your, you've got your pride. So that was so that was good fun, and I think that was the uh, that was uh, about the 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 uh, top and bottom of my my life cuff this week. Mm, good. Sounds good. Um, speaking of uh, overpriced bougie uh, chicken places, oh, right. um, met met the wife after work on Friday, and we went to. Uh, new place has just opened in London called Wingstop. Um, okay. So it is, it's an American chain that's been around probably quite a while, but they've just opened their first uh, kind of English or British uh, location in, in kind of central London. Um, so I think they're, they're planning going on going down the kind of five guys shake check route of opening, you know, kind of flagship branches all over sort of UK and Ireland probably. 
Right. Um, so we went along. I'd heard I'd heard about it before. It'd been reviewed on a on the Doughboys podcast, which Michelle and I listened to. Um, especially they just sell chicken wings. <laughs> we could probably uh, call our podcast the Doughboys podcast the way we're going. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, yeah, they do. It's just chicken wings with then some sides and, and drinks and stuff. Um, it's, it's very cool. They have a very kind of broad selection of wings, which, as you'd expect, so like barbecue and uh, Korean and kind of really spicy mango habanero and all this kind of stuff. So you pick your wings, you get your side order and all that stuff. It's incredibly expensive um, for what it is, much like you know a Shake Shack or a Five Guys, where you're paying like you know eight eight pound fifty for eight wings or something like that, which if you went anywhere else, you'd probably laugh them out of the place, but because it's one of these kind of, uh, I don't know, all these sort of destination restaurants, you sort of are willing to pay it. Cause it's more about the experience than just the food. Um, the food was really good. The, the flavors were, were really, really good. Um, fries are pretty good as well. They've got your kind of um, Coke machines where you can pick, you know, the different, what are they called? I can't remember. The what? Flavors? No, what's they call the Coke machine? Oh, fuck it. Freestyle, Coke freestyle. freestyle. I was about to say roller coaster. Coke roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Coke roller coaster. Um, yeah, they got all of that. And um, it's tasty. It's a bit, you know, the thing with wings is obviously very messy. Yeah. So you're left with a lot of kind of bones and, and stuff. So um, it was good. The, only, the kind of downside was, I think. So we went there, it was like Friday evening, it was about six o'clock. Um, big, big queue, kind of going into the store and, and getting to the tills. The thing is, only had one person on the tills on a Friday night. Right, so there's three, three tills and one person working them. That, to me, is clearly deliberate, so that they've got a big queue and they can kind of yeah. look sort of exclusive and hip, because no way you have one person working on a Friday night if uh, you want to get things done quickly. So that was a slightly annoying thing. And they had like two bouncers in there as well, kind of shepherding the queue. Oh. Um, luckily, no one was sort of getting rowdy, but I think they were just there to kind of add a sort of, it's like when a wrestler comes out with his own sort of bodyguards <laughs> and protection, it sort of makes him look more over. Yeah. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was that. Um, so it took, yeah, it took ages to, to get through the queue, but the food was good, a bit expensive. Might go back again, but probably kind of sporadically, not, won't be a regular haunt. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was quite good. Um, well, so we yesterday, we decided to go for a little walk in the evening. Of course, immediately it started absolutely pissing down. Um, but we were already about like 25 minutes away from the house. Yeah. So I said to Michelle, quick, let's go to the Horniman's Museum. Now, obviously, you guys won't know what that is. But it's a little museum. I'm guessing it's some, some kind of gay museum. No, Paul... No, why would you no. assume that? Horny? Why would it be gay anyway? Horny man. Yeah, it could be well, a hetero. Horny man's. Yeah. It's more than one man, isn't it? What? Yeah, well, could be. well, there's a lot of horny men in the world, you know. Well, is <laughs> okay. You got me there. I, I mean, I mean, I've been told. <laughs> Where'd you find that, Barry? Oh, hello. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I read about it in a museum. <laughs> oh, oh. Um. So it's a kind of quirky little museum that's 
been there ever since I was a kid, and I used to, I went there when I was a kid and found it incredibly boring uh, because I was a child. Yeah. Um, but they've actually expanded it a lot over the last kind of sort of 10, 20 years, and it was actually listed in New York Times' 10 coolest museums in the world, which was Ooh. quite the accolade. They were they were tweeting about that when that happened. Um, so we popped in there. It's free, luckily, which is nice. Um, and we thought, hang on, get out of the rain. Let's go in the museum. So we had a little uh, wander around, some really good exhibits. They have a lot of kind of natural history stuff. So they have like a big stuffed walrus and a stuffed tiger and stuff like that from from yonks ago, from like the Victorian times. Um, and all this other kind of geological stuff. And then they had this new kind of big anthropological uh, exhibit, kind of looking at uh, items from all over all over the world, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, so it was really good. So if anyone's in London or in South London, I would recommend a visit to the Hornemans Museum. It's free, and it's, oh, okay. it's very nice as well. So yeah, thumbs up. And that was that was my weekend, really. Good. What about you, Paul? Any other any other uh, you know events you wanted to? Make note of? No, um, we're going to be going to Les Mis in Dublin in December. Oh, nice. We got tickets for that. That'll be good. Uh, also, I'm growing my beard out for November, as I do every year. Oh, nice. So I've got quite a. Hmm. I didn't do it last year? Oh, well. I'm back on the train, so. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, getting quite bushy now, I suppose. Hmm. It's not that big. I want to be doing it for a little while. What does that mean? Does that mean it's bushy or not? <laughs> I don't think so. No, she doesn't think it's that bushy. Okay. Oh. If it, if, when I touch it, it feels bushier than it normally feels. Hmm. My yeah. brother has a bushy beard. Okay. But also he hasn't shaved in like a whole year. Yeah, so you have a bushy beard than me. Uh, but aside from that, it's just been a very, very quiet week. Not much going on at all. Yeah, I've had a lot of those myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, did watch a bit of telly in the week. Uh, okay. Watched um, New South Park. That was quite good. Was um, the return of Al Gore and Man Bear Pig from years past. So a little callback to that episode. That was very funny. Uh, and also started watching Master Chef, The Professionals, which is kind of the only one of those BBC shows like that I that, that I would go out of my way to watch. Uh, I know Joe's watching mm. Strictly Come Dancing, for example. You have your I, I don't actually watch it. Well, Just it's on after Doctor Who, so I need <laughs> something on while I'm talking to you two. So yeah, 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 yeah. Doctor Who include Doctor Who in that as well, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I quite enjoy Master Chef, even though I'm a very I'm a very picky eater, and a lot of <laughs> stuff that they make on it, I, I would not eat. I, I still quite enjoy it for some reason, and it's a show that I can sit down with Natty and watch together. Um, do you want to watch an episode of MasterChef tonight? I'm going to sleep in a minute. She's going to sleep. Okay, no MasterChef tonight, so. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I quite enjoy it, because um, they, they bring them in, and they make them do like little, little impromptu tests, like... Mm. The one we were watching the other day, they they have the good um, the good chef, right? He he goes, oh, I want them to make this steak with a chimichurri sauce, 
uh, hanger steak. So it has to be if you cut out the sinew first. If you cook with the sinew, it'll be fucked. So you have to do that. Make a nice chimichurri sauce. Put it all together with a bit of, bit of uh, flatbread. And then they bring in the, the chefs and they say, all right, this is what you have to do with like no warning. So you have some people who are like, oh, I've, I've done chimichurri once before. And they have to kind of figure mm. it out. And it's quite funny because some people make like an utter disaster of it. Uh, and then some people do it quite well. And then they do their speciality dishes and then they get like voted off by the chefs. Yeah, I quite like it. It's very, very good. Um, on the other hand, I've seen, I've watched in the past clips of the US MasterChef, which is a lot closer to something like X Factor in terms of like the tone of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which has like Gordon Ramsay on, which to be fair is like the Hulk Hogan of the the chef world. Um, <laughs> big, old, big old racist, is he? Probably, yeah. Blonde. <laughs> big old John. Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Well, Hogan probably is in sort of some Scottish roots in the name. Um, so it's real name, no? That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> Terry Belay. Terry McBelay. Um, <laughs> but this one's got old. Um, is his name Greg Wallace on it? Little baldy head glasses. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that is that is stunning. That is that's a smashing pudding. Oh, 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 that's beautiful. That is. And every time they love it, every time they love a plate, they go, "Look at that plate!" And the plate be all empty, and that means like, "Oh, we liked your food. Look, we ate it all. Oh, brilliant." Um, so I quite like him on it. He's quite funny. Um, so yeah, quite like Master Chef. We, we we I think the new series only started this week. We've only watched one episode, so we've a little bit of catching up to do. But um. Sure, we can do that over the next week or so. That's all the telly I watched. What about you guys? Do you watch any TV? Uh, I got lazy and I did not get through any more Hill House. No, or, no, no. Or uh, what else am I even watching? I, well, I didn't get through anything. Basically. I did not watch a lot of telly um, this year. Uh, well, Paul, did you watch any extra life stuff? Any of your no, uh, no, no, no. content providers of choice partake in that? Um, I watched a little bit of the Rebel FM stream, but okay, not much, not much. Mostly just the uh, Rebel FM podcast part of it because they did a live podcast, and um, Anthony Gallegos uh, was on it, and he was my first time seeing him in a couple of years, and he's got really fat, and he's got a big dirty old afro, and he looks like a tramp, but I still love him. Oh, that's big of you. Well done. Um, <laughs> he just he cut that hair, Anthony. Come on. What are you he had his uh, hair-like yeah. hair like peak Barry Murphy from the old days that we don't speak about. Oh, 2011 Barry. Oh, let's bring that back. <laughs> Christ. Well, that's yeah. what he's got and a big old... Really, really want to go back to the days of repelling women. I really want to go back to that. <laughs> what do you mean, go back? Oh, I'm doing great these days. Thanks, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, that that's actually not that's not that's not true at all. Um anyway, what was I gonna say? Um yeah, I so I like I, I watch a lot of uh, giant bomb stuff. They did tons and tons of extra life stuff. I didn't watch everything that their, you know, team did, but like I think I have watched about twelve hours of their stuff. Right. Uh, which was shockingly watchable. I'm not a big I don't watch a lot of Twitch stuff. I'm not a big no, not like no, right. watching marathon streams of things. You know, um, I, I I don't really watch much kind of. 
I think awesome un- games. I think unless like unless like, there's like a unique kind of twist to it. Um, that yeah, makes and, it and funny. that's kind of why I, I did what I, or I every year I usually dip into the giant bomb stuff. See, you know, any good games? Any like I'm guests. not a, I'm not a giant bomb guy, but I did watch one. They put it like a Mario Party like video up for free or something. And I did watch that. I thought it was yes. very funny. That kind of thing I watch. But if it's just people playing Red Dead, I mean that's that's time that I could be playing a game. So I I tend it's, not to yeah not to watch those. And I, I that's why I watch a lot of their stuff because it's it's very personality driven and it's it's like okay I, I like these staff members and they can kind of carry a you know a, yeah absolutely a, a, a stream regardless yeah I actually had a, a buddy of mine who I hang out with at OTT actually he's not much of a gamer he has a PS4 but he doesn't he doesn't buy many games like Spider Man was the first like non sports game I think he's played in some time. I got him to watch one of those Mario parties, the free one, and he actually subscribed and watched the rest of them. Because they, they kind of amp up, and they, they did the fifth one, they did a live one with a very wrestling-esque crowd where people were kind of booing and cheering who they wanted to, to win. Okay. It was very, very fun. But yeah, so I, I, I kind of watched mostly that kind of stuff for this week, no actual telly. But um, yeah, I guess we can uh, we can drive on then. Any game updates? Again, another thing that I've been uh, skimping on this week shipping away a dead very very slowly i'm not making much progress at all um but not not much else to report on red, dead, red dead's a funny one because my brother has, uh, is already playing red dead since it came out obviously i'm waiting till christmas for it but it seems like every time i talk to him at work he'll come in one day and say oh i hate it i hate it it's so slow and so interminable and then the next day He'll change his mind and say, actually, I love it. Yesterday, like, everything I did yesterday was brilliant. And then the next day, he'll be down on it again. It's, it's such a funny game that people... Obviously, I haven't played it yet, but um, people seem to, even within their own playthrough, some days have completely different experiences, <laughs> depending mm-hmm. on what they do yeah. that day. It's so, so odd. That's, that's definitely an experience I relate to, certainly. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of having a similar experience now with Assassin's Creed um, the never ending Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, approaching 60 hours now and uh, yeah it's very much a love-hate relationship with the game because I, I I mean not to run over old points I've made on this podcast before but like there's moments of real brilliance uh, in terms of like the the quests, there's real interesting stories that are told, but they're just so few and far between because the, the, it seemed like the only focus of the game was to make the world super big. So I'm just trying to do everything in the game because I'm kind of completionist about it, and that I I have to beat it and I have to platinum it. But um, and at the same time, still a game that I can sit down and play for three hours, four hours in a single go and enjoy it. But I really just want it to be over. <laughs> I'm really just waiting now for it to end. Um, Cause it's so, so long. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole lot of video game. Too much video game. Too much video game. Uh, I also played a little bit of Mega Man X in the week on the old uh, SNES mini. Oh, uh, I, I was never a big Mega Man guy. I, I have the Mega Man collection, the first uh, the first Mega Man collection on PS4, because it was on sale for like 
three ninety nine or something. So I said, oh, I've never really played Mega Man. I'll give them a go. And I played that for about an hour. And because it's the NES games, I just found it too uh, old. You know, in in the same way that I used to be like black and white movies. Ugh. I I still have a hang up about like pre Super Nintendo games are, are too old for me. I, I I just cannot enjoy them for whatever reason. Um, and those Mega Man games, I just found them too hard, um, and and really not that fun to play. Uh, whereas Mega Man X, the the controls are still very basic. It's just you know you have your movement buttons and you have jump and you have shoot. Um, at least early in the game. I don't know what opens up later on, but um, graphically very good. Uh, and one of the things that, although I've never been a Mega Man guy, um, I think the music of the Mega Man games is like out of this world good. And uh, Storm Eagle is one of my favorite video game themes of all time. So I played the Storm Eagle level from Mega Man X, and uh, I really liked it. I got all the way up to the boss, uh, got killed by him twice. Uh, and then actually had to leave, so I I never went back to it. But I played it for about half an hour, and uh, I actually quite enjoyed it. So it might be something that I go back to later on, um, maybe after Assassin's Creed. I can sit down and play through Mega Man X in a day or something like that. But I quite quite enjoyed it. And uh, there you go. So I also brought my Wii U up from uh, Leak Slip. So when I finish Assassin's Creed, I'm going to play Zelda Twilight Princess HD, and that'll be my my buffer game between Assassin's Creed and Red Dead Redemption. Nice, quite looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, but that's all. That's all I played. That's that's your lot. Fair enough. Um, the only other thing, actually, I, I did play something else. My uh, my roommate's request. I jumped back into Call of Duty, um, specifically their Battle Royale thing, yeah. and uh, it it's still a hoot. I'm just I'm having great fun with it, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm still playing that. Uh, do you want to jump into our old uh, emails here? Go for it. Uh, I have an email. I have just one email. I've actually got uh, something of a quiz here huh. uh, from Mister Will. This is it seems like a short one, so we'll 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 do this here, uh, and you know if, if it uh, if it works, we'll tell we'll tell Will to send in another one uh, in the weeks to come. Will says. Uh, not that I don't love wrong the truth killings. I mean, who doesn't will honestly? But I have a game I'd like <laughs> to play this week. It's called I call it the Barry Lad Thinks. <laughs> That's a novel idea. Um, I will give uh, seven sure, questions. To... <laughs> I will give seven questions to which the Barry Lad will think of an answer. Paul and jo- Joe then need to guess what the Barry Lad thinks. For example, if I ask how fast does a shark swim? And the Barry Lad thinks it's 30 miles per hour. He would write that answer down. Paul and Joe would then guess what the Barry Lad thinks, and the closest gets a point. <laughs> so it doesn't it. matter what the right I answer is. I love this idea. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the right answer is. And he actually, the very next slide, remember, it's not important what the actual answer is. <laughs> so, what does the Barry Lad think? Okay, hang on. I'm going to open okay. a notepad here for this. <laughs> Uh, Such a good, a good idea! Oh uh, my god! <laughs> okay, uh, question one. Okay, here we go. So this is Paul versus Joe, which is good because I've just been losing quizzes for about a year at this stage, so now I get to be quiz master. All right. Uh, question number one: How many matches? Sorry, how many matches has Triple H had on Raw? Okay, um, so I'm going to write my answer down here. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, uh, okay. And I'm trying to think what's the best way to do right, this. I, I've, I've written down my answer as well. So I don't know what way we'll do it, who goes first or whatever. But I think uh, we, we all write it down and then we can reveal what we've written down, I suppose. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Paul, what, what, what's your guess here? I have mine written down. Um, I went 750. Okay. So seven seven hundred fifty. Uh, six fifty. Six fifty. <laughs> this is gonna be great. This is gonna be the best quiz ever. I said two thousand. There's not what? even been two thousand episodes of Raw, Barry. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> and they're barely over a thousand, aren't they? I wasn't even around for the first like Eight two years. Like ninety five. Oh god, I had to spit my tea out two, there. Two thousand. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm closest. Do I get a point? I don't know why, but for some reason I went um <laughs> fifty-two weeks in a year, twenty years. Um I don't know how I I'll be honest, let's I don't know how I got that number. Um Alright, so who was closest? Paul was closest on that okay. one. Alright, question two. How many crisp sandwiches Paul has eaten in his lifetime? Okay. Um, keeping in mind... Okay, let me think about this. Okay, sometimes he often eats two together. So that's that's probably important. Um, 2,000 again? Um, but don't say it out loud, right? Okay. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, okay, Paul. What, uh, what do you think I think? Uh, uh, 1850. Uh, God, this is a tough one. I'm going to go for 3,000. I said 300, so Paul wins again on that one. 300? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 300's grossly under. I'd say the real answer is probably in the range of uh, 1,500, something like that. Jesus, Jesus Christ. 300. <laughs> okay. Number three. Oh, God. Okay. Number three. Uh, how much do I think the big show weighs? Like, right now, I right guess. Right this moment. Uh, okay. I don't, even, I don't even know if they're still billing him as the thing they always bill him at, but I'm going to... Okay. I mean, he's looking all right these days. Um... Okay. Uh, Joe, why don't you go first this time? Paul went first the last two times. Uh, are we thinking build weight or actual weight? That- I've gone for what his shoot weight is in 2018 right now. Okay. I'll say 399 pounds. Okay. Right. I wrote 441. Paul is correct there. I went 475. Force never been four seven five. What? Wait, you went you went lower than me. What? 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 He was yeah, he's never been, he was built at five hundred pounds. Yeah. His heaviest. But didn't he? Yeah, he lost he lost like seventy pounds or something like last year or the year before, didn't he? Yeah, he's fair. He's fairly spelt. He's not as jacked as he was last year, but he's still fairly spelt. Yeah, what? You that you're mental. 
<laughs> Four, seven, five. Paul's good at this game. What's up with that? Anyway. <laughs> Remember, Joe, the answer is what does Barry think is the right answer, not what is the right answer. That's, <sighs> a, that's what you've been going wrong. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. Uh, how much money has Paul thrown in the bin? <laughs> uh, in his lifetime, I'm going to assume that is. So, uh, Joe, you can go first again on this one. I have my answer already. Um, I'll go for 20 euro. No, about, about, about 150. Like 1 euro 50 cent. It's a point to Joe. I, I said 70 euro. There's no way. I only throw away 1 and 2 <laughs> cent coins. Yeah, but you do it all the time. So... 70 euro would have to be 7,000 coins thrown away. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. 3-1 three, three, to Paul. Um, all right. Seven. Next question. <laughs> I, to, be, to be transparent, by the way, I know I have this reputation. I've probably done that, like the throwing away of money, probably about 20 times in my life. <laughs> it's not actually a recurring thing I do. But okay, three one. Okay, Paul, you're going. You're going first this time. Okay. Uh, what do I think is the Three Stooges IMDb rating? Okay, mm. the the 2012 Three Stooges, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. I go first this time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have it written down already? Yep. Uh, four point two. Okay, Joe. No, I reckon. Five. Joe is back in it with uh, I said five point six. Okay. Ooh, okay. Which, by the way, is point four below what I gave it and got years of abuse for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the real right. the real one is five point one. Five point one. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, last question here. No, there should be seven uh, questions. Uh, no, he only he only said six. He said seven, but he only said six. Okay, oh, I'll tie. Well, Joe can tie it up. And again, this is the mm. test. Round. This is that first week of mm. rock, and, and then it's a proper quiz next time. Okay. So, what do I think is the answer to how many steps did Joe take in his walking challenge? I've got my answer written down, so Joe, you can go first this time. God. Um, I mean, I know the real answer, but what would... Yeah, but so what do I think? That's the answer, mate. That's the real answer. I'll say 200,000. Right, I said 167,000. Joe has tied it up. Oh. I said 300,000. Okay, that's not too bad. There you go. Uh, so it's a tie. Uh, I think that's the best quiz uh, anyone has ever come up with in their life. Uh, <laughs> and like his other things, they, that's also wrong. <laughs> no, it was very, very fun. I, I quite enjoyed that. That was very, uh, that was very good. Well done, well done, Will. That was quite good. That was quite good. Um, yeah, that's my one email there this week. Well done, Will. <laughs> I can't get over this. You thought Triple H had two thousand raw matches. <laughs> hey, fucking look, workhorse. Look. <laughs> oh dear. Right, what do we uh, what do we want to do next? Let me pull up the agenda here. Uh, a bit of movie guff. 
Well, though, I didn't, I didn't have any emails, but I forgot a very important piece of life guff. Uh, so much on this week. Right. So Monday was actually uh, bonfire night, or as oh yeah, was I know Guy Fawkes night, fireworks night. Uh, so it was Michelle's first since obviously moving to the UK. So we actually went out to a firework display. First time I've been to one in Yonks. Normally I just kind of look out the window, uh, see a few for free, and uh, that, that does me. But we went to like a paid display. It was eight quid. It's not too bad. Um, kind of locally, it was it was really really fun. It was quite a bit of standing around in a field in November in Britain, which as you can imagine, a bit chilly. Um, it was fun. Um, I had a lot of food from food stores like big hot dogs and yeah. o- overpriced hot chocolate chips, that kind of thing. Um, but it was really good. They had a kids one first of all. It was set to kind of Disney music. Uh, and that was quite fun. So we were singing along. Then loads of people left. So that was like the first one that lasted like 20 minutes. And then there was another one an hour later that was like half the proper one, like half an hour. Loads of people left after the first one. And then loads of other people arrived just for the second one. And I was like, you've paid eight quid. You should, why are you watching both of them? I was, I was furious. I couldn't believe these people only showed up to one of the firework displays. I was outrageous. Um, Maybe I'm a cheapskate. But anyway, yeah, very, very good. And uh, probably go back next year, depending on what the weather's like, if it's raining. Uh, yes, uh, that was the second half of Life Guff in the bag. Good, good stuff. Um, movie Guff here. Uh, By the um, way, just before we do Movie Guff, you... right? Sorry. Okay. Do you want to know how many raw matches Triple H has actually had? Because I have the number here. 650. 650. No, we were way over. 396. Oh. Well, he's been injured loads, I guess. Yeah. I suppose the last kind of 10 years, he's not really wrestled on Raw much, has he? No. Yeah. Okay. Barry was only uh, only 405% over the real number. Only, yeah. I, I think I... Think I um, I've had more days than he's been an active wrestler, but anyway. Okay. Uh, I saw some movies this week. Uh, I saw Overlord um, with uh, Wyatt Russell and uh, some other people. Wyatt Russell, who I just learned this week, is Kurt Russell's son. Uh, which, when I learned that, and then I looked at him again, and I was like, well, how did I not know that immediately? Because he looks exactly like him. Um... But yeah, Overlord is really, really great. It is a uh, horror movie with a Nazi zombie twist to it. It's like a horror war movie. It's very hard to explain. I went into it expecting it to kind of just be a zombie movie. The, the, tra- the, the, the trailers gave me that kind of vibe, or at least the one trailer that I saw. Kind of seemed like, you know, some soldiers crash land, you know, uh, in the midst of some Nazi experiments, and then they run around in some corridors hiding from zombies. Uh, what it actually turned out to be was it, it leaned more into the war movie aspect of it. It felt like, you know, it, it was a an action movie with, with um, uh, kind of horror elements. Um, and I was I was very pleasantly surprised by it. I, I thought it was a you know great action. I liked the characters a whole lot. Some really great effects. Uh, uh, lots of you know um, uh, kind of it's kind of gory kind of body horror stuff in there. Um, a very, very pleasant surprise. Really really enjoyed it. Uh, a good popcorn movie. Uh, uh, 
and uh, I think it's I think it was probably very difficult to market because it's a very weird film. It's not a straight up horror, or it's not a straight up uh, you know action film either. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, I think it's probably going to end up getting something of a, of a cult following, but I, I really really enjoyed it. Um, so I saw that, and then I also saw uh, Widows. Uh, which I think was like the big release this week. Uh, you know, Viola yeah. Davis and, and Liam Neeson and, and, and many, many Steve, other people. Steve McQueen. From from the big dog, Steve McQueen. Uh, who I think I mentioned last week, actually. I haven't seen any of the other stuff. But I really want to now, because uh, I, I thought Widows was, was tremendous. It was one of my favorite films of the year so far. I, I also really want to see that again while it's in uh, theaters. I think it would be well worth it. Um, uh, it's it's really really great, and obviously the, I think the big selling point is kind of the cast, which are which is tremendous. Uh, you know, Daniel Kaluuya from uh, Get Out and Black Panther, fantastic in this as, as pretty much the, the the lead heel. He's kind of the uh, he's something of a henchman for a, a a higher up, but but he takes center stage more so than the person he actually reports to. Uh, so he's got a lot of great scenes. Uh, Viola Davis, obviously tremendous. Uh, it's you know um, the production is great. It's you know like I said I've never seen a Steve McQueen directed film before, but it's very very slick. Um, and and there's a lot going on in it. There's a lot of different threads. It's it's a really really interesting kind of heist thriller with uh, more brains than then would typically be associated with that with that kind of genre. Really loved it. Huge recommendation uh, to everyone to uh, well, see that. And uh, those are my two movies. Hmm. So good. Um, so I actually went to the cinema this week as well. Ooh, busy Ooh. week. Um, so Tuesday night we went to see little film called wildlife um okay. i didn't know a lot about it but michelle was keen to see it and it was showing only for i think for one night at our local cinema it's had a very very limited release it's on kind of here and there a different sort of uh, cinemas and um, it's directed and written by paul dano dano yeah. i don't know how to pronounce his name but you know him yeah. and uh, zoe kazan um so this is his directorial debut um Obviously, big fan is done lots of kind of good work in the past, so I was kind of intrigued to see it when I did hear he was a director. Um, stars, um, Carrie Mulligan, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, I think they're the most kind of notable cast, but yeah, it's I won't go too much into the film because I kind of didn't really know anything about the actual kind of plot or story or anything, I just sort of went in knowing it was from, from Paul Dano. Um, really, really, really good film. And kind of really, really touching. Um, quite a simple film, but fantastic kind of character work um, from for everyone involved, really. Uh, and also kind of beautiful scenery. So it's set in, uh, I think it's set in Colorado. Montana. No, oops, Montana. Montana. Sorry, I'm hearing in my ear, Montana. <laughs> um, uh, but I think film actually filmed in Oklahoma. It said it, it said at the end. But um, yeah, kind of beautiful scenery, really great character work. Quite a simple kind of coming of age story as well. Um, so I'd give that a big, big old thumbs up. I think it's had um, a lot of Oscar buzz, uh, and deservedly so because it was better than Drake, like A Star Is Born. So um, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully um, it, it destroys destroys it at the Oscars. Um, this is really really good I'd recommend that if you can find it watch it or if not I'm sure it'll be on demand pretty pretty soon yeah um, speaking of Oscar I also watched last night a film from a couple of years ago uh, Nocturnal Animals 
Um, oh, yeah. Directed by Tom Ford uh, with Amy Adams and also Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so this was one I'd kind of avoided watching because I thought it might be, I don't know why, but I thought it might be a bit of a kind of pretentious one or something that's a bit, you know, trying hard to be kind of artsy. I wasn't really sure what it was about exactly. I knew it was kind of story within a story as well. Um, but we watched that last uh, last night. thought it was also a really, really good movie. Um, again, really kind of great performances, really kind of interesting uh, kind of plot and the way it sort of plays off the story within within the film uh, was, was really, really well done. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, again, great, great cinematography, great performances from Amy Adams and your bloke. Uh, I always forget his name. I'm hearing him here, Michael Shannon, um, <laughs> the actor I was thinking of. Um, he's always really good, obviously. And he's, he's great. He's great. Love, he's great love the Shannon as well. Um, so yeah, big big thumbs up for Nocturnal Animals as well. Um, it actually kind of plays into a new season of films I'm going to be doing, uh, following on from uh, the success of Hank's Giving, where I watched all of the Tom oh. Hanks movies. Yes, uh, and the um, uh, what's his name, the director David um, <sighs> what, Fincher. Fincher, David Fincher. Um, I'm now commencing what I'm calling the Jake Gyllen Hall. Hall spent H U L H A U L. Oh, I thought so I was going to watch Jake the Gyllen Halls. I thought I was going to be oh, Jake well. Gyllen Halloween. Ah, oh, Gyllen Halloween. Bit late. Yeah. Anyway, well, then it, go, it fits with Tom, uh, Tom Hanks giving. Yeah. What's up? What's G- all this Deck the Gyllen Halls? That's the real winner. Gyllen I think you find the holidays not called Deck the Halls, Barry. Deck the Halls. <laughs> Where's Halloween and Thanksgiving? Are the names of the Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. The rules. Anyway, go on. Um. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to rewatch all of Jake Gyllenhaal's movies, or, or watch all the ones I haven't seen anyway. He's done so many good movies. I mean, two I just mentioned right there that I've seen this week are both fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, the ones we've banged down about before, like Prisoners and Enemy and Source Code and things like that. Uh, Break Break Mountain. He's done so many good movies. So I'm going to go back and watch all the kind of smaller ones he did earlier in his career. And, Donnie uh, Darko, a few, of course. A few that I've kind of missed. Uh, seen Donnie Darko. Yeah, that was great. Um what else has he done? Yeah, so many good. Maybe, yeah, Prince of Persia. Maybe a bit of a low point. Southpaw, anyway. Everest. Yeah, yeah. Check those Which out. I recall being, like, not good, but, like, inoffensive. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so next few months, I'm going to be tracking down and watching uh, all of Jake Gyllenhaal's back catalogue. So stay tuned for further updates on that. Nocturnal mm. Animals is a movie that I might rewatch at some point yeah because I really really enjoyed it when I saw it. oh you liked it okay yeah 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 I th- well I think the the novel stuff is like fantastic especially the yeah the, the opening 30 minutes is like is some of the most tense stuff I've seen in a movie oh yeah oh yeah where they meet on the road <laughs> fucking hell but then I thought that the like the real life stuff I found like not terribly interesting yeah yeah. A lot of it is just her reacting to a book and going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some me- some meetings about a baby monitor or something. I don't know. I, th- yeah. I didn't care for that, but the- I thought the novel stuff was all great. 
And in fact, I would have just watched a movie about that. It's almost like Assassin's Creed, where some of it's in real life, and you're like, no, take me back to Greece. But yeah, great movie. Really, really good. And I do want to watch Wildlife, and I do want to watch Widows. Um, mm-hmm. I dare say I will be watching them come Oscar season. If not Very before good. then. Uh, great. So, do we have uh, anything else we wanted to do before we jump into the wrestling guff? Uh, we have a, a wrestler 20 questions. We don't, oh, we, we don't have... We don't have wrong the truth killings this week. Oh no! So, I, I forgot to do it. Sorry, listeners. So a little break. That's right. We like to we like to rotate them. Yeah, I do have a wrestler twenty. Well, we have though. the Barry Lad thinks now, so you know. That's the new kid in town. Mm. The new artist. But now the responsibility is on Will to keep sending that every week. So don't let us down, Will. Pressure is on. Uh, let me just get open the uh, Wikipedia page here. Right. So, especially 20 questions for people who haven't heard this before. We have a wrestler in my... I've got one in my mind, in my head. And the boys have 20 questions. Yes or no questions to work out who is the wrestler. Okay. So, away you go. Um, I'm just going to open a, an, another document here. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll Joe, uh, okay. Um, Are they alive? They are alive. Confirmed. Um, are they still an active wrestler? Yes. Still active. Um, have they ever wrestled for WWE? Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> have they ever been um, world champion in a major promotion? No. Is that too vague? No. Did you answer? <laughs> I didn't hear you. Sorry. No, no. He, he's never been world champion oh. in a major promotion. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Okay, very good. Okay, I, th- I thought you were, like, thinking. <laughs> no, no, no. I might have cut out. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, has he ever held the Intercontinental title? No. Never. Never been I see. I thought you were thinking again there for a while. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we might see if we can narrow down a debut year or something. Mm. Did this person debut for WWE? Before 2005? No. Was that no? No. Okay, so post 2005. Okay, so we got some mid-card shit from the from the modern era to filter through. 
Yeah, I mean, so they they're active and they actually I said wrestled for WWE, so they might not be currently. Yeah, WWE. Um, have they wrestled on a WWE pay per view this year? Oof. I yes, yes, they have. So it could be Shawn Michaels. No, it wasn't, <laughs> um, wasn't a pay per view, sir. Um, uh, could be no, it could be Enzo. Um, never been a world champion, never been an IC champion. Recent enough debut for WWE. They've been on pay per view this year. Okay. Um, there's, been, yeah, there's been 10 million people. I know. I can't think of many people who haven't held a world title or a <laughs> title. Like no, I'm saying there's been 10 million people on WWE pay per views this year. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Could be one of the cruiserweights. It could be a cruiserweight. It could be a, a UK guy. Yes, yeah. ask nationality question. Uh, is this person yeah. an American? No, they are not American. Okay. Shall we continue down that route? And sure, yeah. I mean, you could. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Are they uh, are they from the kind of I don't understand. Are they from North America? So I Canada, US, Mexico. Something like that. So are they from Canada, the United States, or Mexico? Is that what you're asking? Are they from North America? Well, well Mexico's not in North America, so Mexico's South America. No, it's not. No, idiot. Well, Central America. Okay, I, well, I, will, I will give you, okay. If you are considering <laughs> North America to include Mexico, <laughs> they are not from there. <laughs> okay. But All we've right. also... Okay, so, so the non-NA. Let me just uh, look up North America. On, <laughs> uh, now, this I've, al- I've always considered Mexico to be part of Central America, for the record. Uh, yeah, okay. North America, list of countries, territories, independencies, Mexico. Thank you very much. Kiss my face. <laughs> Bitches. Uh, anyway, so, all right. Anyway, uh, this, so they're European or Japanese? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, actually, I didn't even, I was going to go the UK route, but uh, Japanese kind of almost makes more sense. Um, uh, okay. This, no, we should actually be able to get this. Who's been on WWE pay-per-view this year who only debuted for the company in the last 10 years, so not a legend or anything like that, who's like a non-American and not, not Mexican or, or Canadian. So like, uh, who, who jumps to mind? Um, uh, Japanese. Uh, Nakamura, perhaps? Um, uh, wait, uh, no, he didn't. Was he world champion in Japan? 
in WWE? Was he? Wait, is he held the WWE? No, no, wait, yeah, no, 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 no. I forgot he that interminable uh, feud. Paul, just, this, this is one of our questions. Do you do you count NXT as a world champion? No. Okay, good. Okay, so yeah, it could be him. It could be Nakamura. Well, you said you said world champion in a major promotion. So for WWE, I would consider that the Universal and WWE titles. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so I guess that could still be Nakamura. Um, and also it could be Brits as well. Um, but I don't actually, because they haven't done, because I know last year they had like done bait matches and stuff on pay-per-view, but I don't think this year have they... Oh, oh no, they uh, they did um, uh, British Strong Style matches with, with um, Kyle O'Reilly and those lads. Um, mm. Be Cesaro. Cesaro, yeah, could be. So he never, he never won the ROH title, did he? So. Nope, nope. Uh, he yeah. won the like PWG belt if you, if you even count, but that's not even a that's yeah. not it's not a real world title. Um. Uh. Okay. Let's let's. I'll I'm gonna ask just this just to cross off this. Is, is this person, uh, from the British Isles? Yes. Okay. 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 Uh, so we are looking for a re- you know, recent enough debutante, uh, non IC, non world champion, active, uh, been on pay per view this year from presumably Britain. I don't think there's even any Irish people who would fit this category. Um, mm. So who's been British? Who's been <laughs> British? Who's been on pay per view this year who is British? Um, uh, so, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, uh, did Neville wrestle this year? Oh, maybe. Uh, yes. No, uh, no, he didn't. No, I don't think he did. Uh, so, yeah. You got very strong style. Uh, I mean, any of those NXT UK guys. Um, okay. I think which one of them has been on pay-per-view. Uh, they did six mans. So, yeah, I think all three of them, If, you, if we're, I assume we're including takeovers in this. I think uh, the three main ones, Trent, Tyler and Pete, have been on them. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else, unless I'm... And this is a really obvious one. Uh, Drew McIntyre has been IC champ, so that, could, that, that wouldn't be it. Yeah. Um, um, I, I guess we might have narrowed it down. I mean, how, is there a, is there a way we could eliminate British Strong Style from the running? Like, is there a question we could ask? Um, mm. Scratch all three of them off or something. Do, do, do they look like your dad? Uh, <laughs> has has this person ever been in OTT? Uh, I, I yes. So that would be Pete, Trent, and Tyler. Um. Okay, so although I think I, um, I haven't necessarily narrowed it down, but I, I mean, okay. Um, I like all of the NXT UK. UK guys been in those. Yeah, we've had a lot of them actually. Yeah, 
Also, I said British Isles, not Britain, so they could they could actually. Oh, no, Devlin hasn't been on pay per view. No. Um, okay. Um, let's say, have they held the NXT UK uh, Championship? No, they haven't. Okay. Lee, so it's not Pete or Tyler. Uh, so it could be Trent. Um, Trent. Does this one look like your dad? No. Um, um, do, uh, does this person have a big old beard? He does. Oh, interesting. A big beard. Okay, so that surely must be Trent. Um, I, I, there's something about this that's making me feel like we're, we might be, I, I don't know, missing something here. But I I'll, think, I'll, I'll, yeah, if we like, I'm thinking the, if we can the UK tournament as a pay per view, then that still kind of opens it up to all of them. Uh, these are the type of things you should probably have like set in stone like ahead of time. But like, but yeah, what is a pay per view? Right, so, Paul, is it is a takeover a pay per view in your opinion? Um, I mean, I I would consider maybe the takeovers pay per views. I wouldn't consider the UK tournament the pay per view necessarily. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I would say the takeovers are just about across the line, insofar as they're built up to by weeks and weeks of TV, and they they and, essentially and, tick and, all the boxes for being a pay per view, right? And 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 everyone watches them, but nobody, well, not nobody, but a fraction of the audience actually watches the the UK shit. Um. Okay, let me let me try to think if there's a um, what's something I could I could say that would just guarantee us it's Trent. I mean, the beard is kind of the thing, but um, he's been in OTT tons. Yeah, uh, only thing is the cruiserweight. Is there anyone? Any UK uh, uh, it's Gallagher, but he's not got he's got a moustache, not a beard. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. I don't think any of the. I think other other than. The British strong style lads on takeover to the. I don't think there's even in like battle royals. Although that maybe that could be a blind spot. Maybe was Gallagher in the Rumble this year? He was actually, wasn't he? Um. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Because I think last year he did the umbrella spot, and I just distinctly remember they referenced it this year. And I was like, oh, yeah, that great spot. Um. Jack. No. Yeah. Gallagher was not an OTT, so that's that's the best of my knowledge. So. I think it has. I think it has to be Trent. I think we might do well here. To, to, if you want to just guess, uh, or is there some kind of question we we could ask to make it kind of really obvious? Uh, um, <laughs> what do I know about Trent? So? Okay, uh, is, is this he over forty-five? Is it <laughs> okay? <laughs> no, he's not. How old is he? No, he's not. He's definitely probably enough. my uh, age. Is uh, is this person a member of British Strong Style? They are not a member of British Strong Style. <laughs> okay. That's 15 questions, by the way. Oh, shit. It's a UK guy with a big, bushy beard. Great big, bushy beard. There <laughs> <laughs> um, can't be that many. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down this list here. 
it can't be it can't be Balor, it can't be Sheamus, it can't be We may. It has Neville been on a paper. Was he on a paper at the start of the year? Who's that? Neville. Uh, no, because I remember the Enzo stuff. Enzo got fired in the run up to the Royal Rumble because of his whole situation. Mm. And I believe Neville left the company several months before Enzo because he didn't want to work with Enzo and he didn't want to work in that division. So I'm fairly sure he was gone by the end of 2017, to the best of my knowledge. That's my rough understanding of that time, and I, I, I don't think he would uh, okay. count. Um, uh, I could be wrong, but... Um, uh, I'm stopped. I am absolutely stopped. Uh, Because, like, there are other UK guys I can think of in the company with beards, but none of none of them have been on an actual pay per view, like Gibson and you know people like that. Hmm. About Wolfgang, is he gonna play Fuse? I thought so. Uh, uh, was he in? Oh, was he on the takeover? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. And I, uh, I don't know. Like again, I've I've been paying so little attention to WWE this year. Like, was he maybe in the Andre or something like that? Like, I don't know who was in the Andre. Oh, Bamboy that's that's a good point. Yeah, because there, there was some been... real fucking scrubs Stinks. in there. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. We could try and narrow down the country because I just said British Isles. You want to say like England, Ireland, Scotland? Like, you know, okay. Yeah, is this person from England? No, they're not from England. Okay. Oh. So, Wolfie is back in play. Uh, Wolfie, again, presuming if they're in a battle royal at some point on pay-per-view. Wolfgang, Mark Andrews, maybe. I, I don't think he was. Um, um, yeah, so Wolfgang, I guess we can we can kind of go down that. That line of question. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that would disqualify him? He has a beard. He's never been champion. Uh, Wolfgang has not been in OTT. Um, and the this person has been in OTT. Oh, shit. Fuck. Uh, I guess I'll stick to the country route. Is this person Scottish? No. Not from Scotland. Okay. So Irish or, or Welsh? Or from the Isle of Man? <laughs> um... <laughs> Fuck. Okay. It just it really helped if I watched WWE pay per views this year. Yeah. Um. Uh, <sighs> you got two more questions and then a guess. All right. Will they figure it out? Well, um, Zach Gibson has a beard. Was he on yeah. any of the takeovers? I... No, I don't think so. No. 
And he's talking, oh, no, it's not. He's English as well, isn't he? So. Oh, he's English, yeah, of course, yeah. Shit, um, it's got to be... Like, Mark Andrews was in OTT. He has a, he has a beard. He is Welsh. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Is this person Welsh? They're not Welsh. <laughs> Fucking hell. Who's so, Irish? Uh, so it could be Irish or Northern Irish, I guess. But none of these people, none of these people have been. Uh, what the fuck? Who? It's gonna be something really obvious, and we're gonna kick ourselves. Oh, who's the big fella? Um, oh, Killian Dane. Yeah. Oh, was he? He was in the. Oh, wow, you fool! That I don't know that he was in the. I'm fairly sure he was in the Andre this year. I think. Okay. Uh, he has been an OTT big beard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is he still insanity? Is that a question I can ask? Uh, how many I, have we got a question left? We got one question and a guess. Okay. Uh, we can ask has he was was has he been a member of Sanity? I guess is a question we can ask. Yeah. Has this person been a member of Sanity? Yes, he has. Oh, Joe, you fooled it out uh, last second. You have fooled it? it out last second. Is it uh, Big Day Mo, a.k.a. Killian Dane? On the 20th question, that is correct. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe, well done. You can get through there. Killian Dane, uh, who's been an OTT. Uh, he's from the British Isles. Wrestled on WrestleMania this year, of course, and also Extreme Rules. He, he was in the, the five-star ladder match, wasn't he? He was in the five-star ladder match. Else? He was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was in April of this year. Or, excuse me, in March. Uh, still active. H- has a big beard. He's <laughs> not in British Isles. Big bushy beard. But bigger beard than any of them have, to be fair. Does look like your dad. Yeah. Not, not from England, Scotland, or Wales. From Northern Ireland. <laughs> or the Isle of Man. No. Mm. So there you go. Got in the end. I was, I was wondering if they're going to get it. There you go. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough one. Currently active. Still on SmackDown now. So there you go. Well done. That was that was good. Mm. I thought that might be a tough one. I covered that the last, a few days ago. So we do Killian Dane. Uh, so there you go. Will we talk about OTT then? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to do you want to lead off? Well, or? I guess I I mean Joe, if if you want to bounce or you, you can stay, if you want to listen to how long are you going to go on for an hour or like uh, twenty minutes? Uh, I'd say half an hourish probably. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Oh, go on then. All right, all right. Intro us then, Barry. What do you want to talk about? All right, so this was uh, OTT Redemption. Uh, at the arena on Shore Road. Um, This was the the main event here. We had uh, Tim Thatcher and Walter versus David Starr and Jordan Devlin, continuing the the never-ending saga of Jordan trying to conquer Walter. And then we had an an undercard, a bit of a mixed bag of an undercard on paper before the actual show rolled around. Um, We had some last-minute changes to the cards. 
Yeah. Uh, they announced on Friday that Trent Seven, who was supposed to face Dan Barry, and Tyler Bate, who's supposed to face Scotty Davis, were both pulled for WWE commitments. That was a, a massive bummer, personally. I thought that was really... That took a card that on paper looked good, but, but maybe a bit lacking in the mid-card, and really put a bit of a negative spin on it. Um, poor Scotty can just not get any of these dream matches uh, without something getting the way. He was, of course, supposed to re- wrestle Matt Riddle earlier in the year. That didn't happen. Uh, for pretty much the same reason this match isn't happening. Um, and I don't know about you, Paul, but those uh, the matches they put together, it was not the usual OTT flair of uh, of whipping you up something to, to, to satisfy you in, in the face of disappointment. Yeah. Uh, no, no Juice Robinson this time. Uh, Dan Barry was paired with Sammy D, which was a, a, a big letdown. And uh, Scotty was thrown into a what ended up being a four-way with Haskins, Ridgeway, and LJ Cleary. In, in, in a very thrown-together match in which Scotty was basically an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, thought, I thought it was super disappointing. Um, because we, just, we, we discussed the previous week that the card looked really good. Um, yeah. And I think... Tyler Bate and Trent Seven were a, a big component of that. So when they were when they were pulled, a card that you know didn't look like um, a star-studded card, but looked like a very solid card, suddenly seemed a lot weaker. Um, that being said, without jumping ahead to the actual show, um, the Scotty Davis replacement match uh, I thought was great. <laughs> so I, I ended up not being so disappointed um but it, it did over as an actual match it did overachieve i i definitely I thought agree. it was i thought it was really good um but yeah i i was definitely disappointed you know um uh yeah absolutely and I, someone said it to me I, on the friday when that match was announced it was like something i kind of didn't really think about subconsciously only when they were gone you realized you're like oh even though you didn't think about it as a big, oh, a British strong style coming over, and that's so exciting because we were kind of used to them. When they were gone, you, yeah, like you said, you kind of looked at the card and you went, oh, mm, you know. Not, it almost begs the question of, like, how, how should OTT think about booking the UK guys going forward? Like, it, is it going to be a situation where you can't really rely on them if WWE commitments come up, you know? Yeah, uh, I've, you're not the first person I've heard say that. I, I think other than Jordan, I think they should... It sucks because you'd love to see them, and obviously there are potential dream matches on the table for your, your Scotty Davises and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think, especially on a day's notice, and they went to work a house show in Minehead. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like it's not... It was a bit like, you know, Osprey got pulled from Progress Wembley to work like a second match on the card, six-man tag in New Japan. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very yeah. frustrating when these people get pulled for things that, you know, in my opinion, just are not the most important things in the world. But that, that hurt. And so, Well, I'm sure WWE don't give a shit about the arena on Sure Road, to be no, sure. You know what I mean? Not, no, so, And it seems, you know, yeah, it seems that it seems that's certainly the case. So, uh, so that, so that was disappointing, but you still looked at the card on paper and it was, it was still pretty solid. At the same time, if, uh, if you're going to take a silver lining from it is that it's a, an opportunity for OTT to focus, um, more time on people who are going to be on more shows. So, um, again, Sky Davis had the match. R- Chris Ridgeway was in there who I wasn't so hot on from when I saw, 
I think I, I this is my first time seeing him live. I saw him on a VOD where he wrestled. Who was it the first time? I don't remember who wrestled his first time over, but I wasn't. Was it El Fantasmo? I want to say. Uh, yes. Uh, I, <laughs> kind of matched nothing for me. I thought he come off much better here, so. You can consider that, well, maybe if that's somebody they're, they're going to use more going forward, that it was more an opportunity gained than lost. But um, on paper, anyway, it was a bit of a letdown. But sure, sure, Road. Uh, what can you do? And then, the show, and then the show got underway. And I'll jump forward a little bit. We'll go match by match. But before the main event, and I, I, I tweeted as such, I said, I expect this to be incredible. It kind of has to be incredible because... This is on pace to not only be the worst OTT show that I've seen, but also by any kind of reasonable standard, a just straight up bad show overall. I don't I know if I agree, if I'd agree with that. I um, and I think I think I think I was maybe a little bit moody f- following okay. some real stinky stuff on the lower card, and then the middle of the card was like actually not that bad. But I was just kind of I was. The, the wind was thoroughly taken from my sails, but there, I thought there was some some shit on this card. I, I really did, okay. and I sing OTT's praises a lot, but um, I guess we'll go... Uh, <laughs> That's funny, because I feel like I... Sorry that I used the phrase, I feel like, by the way. Jeez, every podcast I listen to, I'm now noticing when people say, I feel like. You wouldn't say it if you didn't feel like it. Um, at the same time, I think I am more critical towards OTT, and I didn't think that this show was all that bad. But then I did go to to uh, Rassel Pops, and that was a bit of a stinker. Um, no, I think every... I, I, I don't think there's anything on the show that I particularly disliked. I think there were, there were some stuff uh, which were objectively bad, let's say. But I kind of enjoyed everything despite it. But sure, we go. We'll, we'll, we'll get. We'll get to it anyway. I, I, yeah, I, I think it was kind of a death by a thousand cuts type thing. Yeah. So the opener was uh, first thing. The by the way, before we get to the opener, uh, no LED screen this time. Back to the old projector. Yes, which I had not seen that before because I wasn't at homecoming. And, yeah. Oh boy. That was the old uh, homecoming setup. Um, I mean, I, I understand that. Let's say on what I would consider. Let's call this a Tivoli level show. Not to disparage it, the Tivoli, but this wasn't. It um, was absolutely. It was WrestleRama yeah. two. This was not. Um, no, you don't need to get the big expensive LED board out the whole time, so that's okay. Um, and yeah, I thought the, I thought the arena. Um, well, it was full enough, I suppose. We got very good seats, so I, I've been lucky uh, in that. One of one yeah. of one of the criticisms that I hear a lot of people make of Sure Road is that the the sight lines aren't particularly good, but I've been near the front for every show, so I've not had that issue particularly. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the risk with a lot of venues. You know, you got uh, someone I know got a GA ticket and showed up very late yeah. and was not, not not happy with their sight line like yesterday and I was like, well uh, you know, I, I, you know, it sucks. I'm not trying to say, but that's also commonplace in a lot of venues. But anyway, we run through this card here. Go for um it. uh so this is also, as well as some little booking foibles, there was some production shit going down on this show that was... Yeah, particularly during the Angel like, Cruise, Jimmy Havoc, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And there was also, like, uh, I don't know if it was worse than usual or maybe I was just... People around me were making noise, but I was having a lot of trouble hearing the, the videos. Like, the when they were playing segments backstage, uh-huh. I was having a lot of trouble making out what was... Uh, 
what was being said. Uh, they opened with a Haskins video where he talked to LJ Cleary and made some overtures with his briefcase that, again, I could not comprehend what was actually being said. It was very loud and uh, kind of hard to make out. Mm, uh, I wonder, I don't know what the speaker positions are like for sure, Road, but I didn't have as much of a problem. And I, I was sitting across from you yeah, uh, directly across the ring, and I, I thought it was okay. I got the gist uh, of it that he he challenged them to come out for with for making a four way for a gender neutral title. Yeah, they, it was cleared up eventually. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll get into the, the the main card here. So uh, the opener was uh, Aussie Open and Travis Banks versus More Than Hype. Uh, this is Travis Banks' first match back from injury. Uh, I thought he looked great. I he thought did. He, uh, he had a renewed sense of energy about him. Uh, they kept the dynamic where he was a face here last time. He's, he turned heel in progress, but he's still a face here. So they told the story that he was, you know, he was putting the boots to the lads, but he was being a face. Uh, and uh, they had, it seems to be that kind of, it's becoming a very frequent thing in OT. It's like a new tentpole almost of the promotion is there. They really like their, their big bagging openers. They like to have a great opener. Um, and this is one of them. Lots of near falls, lots lot of crazy action. It was. Uh, really <laughs> this was a great opener. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, the Aussies are great. They're really, really great. I love them more each time I see them. Uh, I like them better as heels as well. I think they're both very great, very natural in that position. I agree. Um, and uh, the more than hype boys, we've sang their praises to the nth degree. They were great here. Uh, tremendous selling of the knee still from Nathan Martin, and an incredible spot near the end, where Nathan, on one leg, on his own, is fighting against all three guys, uh, and uh, he uh, he fights and fights and fights, but he is eventually pinned. Um, yeah, and there was a key spot in this match where LJ Cleary was thrown into the ring post and hurt his shoulder, which you could tell was spelling doom and gloom for later in the show. Um, but yeah, top-notch stuff. Really, really loved it. I like, uh, I like I, the idea, with more than hype, that they're... They're these young kids. They're not quite men yet. Um, although Darren Carney is getting up there in, in Damien Corvin level, uh, being ripped to shreds. Um, yeah. But that they're that they're brittle, Barry, and they get injured easily, and that's what's that's what's holding them back from making that next level. And that's almost like a subtext to their matches: is that they're good, they're they're really good, but uh, but they get hurt. So yeah, it seems like so, that's a little um, trend to, to their matches. I, I quite like that. One thing I was surprised by, you mentioned Corvin there, actually, and the, the injuries and all this other stuff that the more than the Hype Boys have had. I, no King's presence whatsoever on this show. I was expecting a run-in in some capacity, maybe on the LJ, the second LJ match or something. Yeah. Um, no, just nothing. Yeah, I don't know if they, if they were otherwise occupied. Like I didn't even see them. Sometimes you see even when they're not in the car that they're in the building. I didn't see either of them uh, no, last night. No. Um uh, and it seems like that if, if if they were available, you maybe could have put could have put them in. They would they maybe would have done something with Sky Davis with Corvin in there or something. But I don't know. Uh so so that was a great match. Second match on the show. This is why I'm surprised to say you didn't hate anything on this show. This this was the the, the I'll play the devil's advocate on this one. Go on. Okay, okay. This was the particular thing that if I was in a bad mood for the middle chunk of the show, this is what got me there. Okay. 
Um, so the second match was Justy versus Be Cool. And in the build-up, the gimmick was Justy basically saying that I beat you in every kind of match there is. So if you want to have a match with me again, you're going to do it uh, by Justy's rules. And he was, you know, tweeting about it. They had a video package, and he was being so dramatic about, oh, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Be we got a death match on the show. Would it be a ladder match? Yeah, I knew going into it, I was expecting it's either going to be a straight wrestling match, and that's the joke, or it'll be, you know, arm tied behind your back, or it'll be like verbal debate or some weird shit like that. Like you knew it wasn't going to be anything wild. Yeah. So Justy comes out barefoot, wearing boxing gloves with uh, two, I believe, two uh, Fight Factory students, Correct. one being the uh, timekeeper, one being the referee. And he says the match is going to be, what's he got? Uh, Justy Jitsu, did he call it? Justy Jitsu, yeah. Justy Jitsu. And basically this was the Duchess of Queensberry Rules match. from <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Backlash, Backlash 01, where uh, every time Jericho gets on offense, Regal asks the announcer to clarify that actually the thing Jericho is doing is illegal and that's 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 the structure of the match and and the round so, ends just as Jericho is taken and the round ends just as the baby face is about to win and it was every trick from this kind of match that you would typically expect so it starts off as shitty fake boxing right where they both put on boxing I straight away I was like oh boy <laughs> Oh boy! So they do—they're doing shitty boxing, and then Be Cool goes on the offensive, and they ring the bell, separate the lines. That's the end of the quote-unquote round. And I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Please let this be quick. Please let this be quick. Please let it be one round." And Be Cool just says, "Fuck it," and hits him with a move and pins him. Uh, they did the thing. Okay, now we're not doing gloves anymore. Uh, now fish hooks are legal. Now brain busters, which is be cool's move. Now those are illegal. Uh, Justy's getting pins. The referee is doing fast counts. Be cool's getting pins. He's doing no counts. Uh, they, like they're changing the rules constantly. The ring announcer guy is ring. The timekeeper guy is ringing the bell all the time. I honestly thought this was the worst thing. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in an OTT ring. Honestly. Wow, wow, okay. I thought this was worse than uh, Veda Scott and Martina. I, I, like it wasn't, any, it wasn't. Any bad, I absolutely think it was. Any, this was, this was, uh, this was Russo TNA. This was, this was a, this was Frank Trigg and AJ Styles having the fake MMA match. Uh, it was, it was the type of thing that I think they could have done it three years, you know, you know, three years ago in OTT, and it would have been bad. But you would have kind of just, you know, shrugged your shoulders and said whatever. But with what OTT is in 2018, I thought this was not something you could put on this show anymore. You, you've you've catered to the the wrestling fan who wants to see the new Japan stars and you want to see the you know your the, the the best of Irish wrestling more than hype. Like have like actual great matches. I don't think you can do this like dog and pony show anymore. I just don't think you can. And I hated it. I hated every second of it. There, the one redeeming factor was that it felt like the crowd hated it for the first half. But when Be Cool started beating up the referees and hit moves and then Foxy ran in to count the pin, the crowd was way into that. And they did pop huge for it. So it's possible I'm on an island on this one. I don't think you are. I, just, I don't think you are on an island. I, just, I think I'm on the island, in fact. Okay, well, no, because because I mean, the, like I said, the crowd did go crazy for the finish. Yeah. So maybe you're not on your own either. You know. I agree that it was 
definitely reminiscent of an era bygone. Um, let me let me like outline because uh, I, I I won't I won't go out on my way and say this this is, this was good, but let me outline a few silver linings that I enjoyed in here. Okay, I thought we finally got a glimpse of something from Liam Royal. I thought he was quite funny in in parts. You and me are on different pages. I think I don't want to judge Liam Royal too harsh because right. he is a rookie. I think they've already given this lad go away heat for the rest of his life because the, <laughs> okay. Because I mean, the first match, as we talked about, he, you know, he wasn't that good, but like whatever, he wasn't terrible. Well, he, was like, he was terrible. Actually. Okay, well, he wasn't good, but that's but that's fine. He's a he's obviously a you know. A prospect. That's fine, but between the matches not being good, and then he had two appearances on this show. Yeah, uh, and I, it, I think it was kind of guilt by association with me because I just him just being a so when he came out for the second match, the Sammy D match, I was like, oh, no. oh my god, <laughs> fuck this show, fuck this show, they have fucked it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, if you thought he was funny, I, I, I like the. I, I do think he went a little bit overboard. Like he, he, he wasn't um, reserved enough. Like I, I quite liked some of the um, one point to Justy. Like, like the the riffing on the ten nine system, right? Not minus one point um, for for you know doing illegal moves and so on. And then uh, there was a point where he was doing like. Dumbledore in in Harry Potter rules where he's like 150 points to Justy, um, yeah, but then he kind of kept doing it, and I was like, okay, you, you already did the funny bit, they stop doing that now. He went a little bit overboard on it. Um, uh, I thought the the rookies as the ref for the timekeeper were were quite good, especially the referee. I thought he had a good um, did a good Herb Dean impression, um, and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was quite as bad as as you say, because it it wasn't really a match. It was it was a segment. It was a gimmick. You know, um, would I have preferred a match? Yeah, probably. But uh, it, it was it was okay. Um, and then obviously, uh, after Be Cool got the win, he took a power bomb from Liam Royal and Justy. Justy left with the heat. So they still kept the focus on. Yeah, him. that's the other thing. It's like, first of all, I I expected this to be a feud ender, which I guess based on that that post match thing, it's not. Um, but also, it's like last month they were doing thumbtacks and uh, kill, hit, smacking each other in the head with with weapons, and then this month it was, and then this month it was whatever this was, and then on top of all of that, and like I said about the, I just I have like go away heat with Liam Royal now. The idea of this feud continuing, I am like, especially because um, I think after the the Justy magically appearing in the ring at the Tivoli, that was incredible. Uh, I think pretty much everything since has been getting progressively less interesting. I, I definitely think the second was that was that WrestleMania. The that was yeah. I think that was bungled as we discussed a little bit. That that was like overly <laughs> convoluted and silly. Um, and then the fan match was the one we were just talking about with Liam Royal, where it was like bad. Well, the match itself wasn't bad, but it was not anything special. Yeah, it's just that Liam Royal is so early in his career. To be fair, yeah, he he wrestles like the great Kali. Um, yeah, but I I I had this picture of him in my mind as he wrestles like the great Kali and has no charisma whatsoever. 
like the great Kali. But he had a few funny, he had a few funny lines, and he's got I think he's got good uh, good facial expressions. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah. Like there, there was something there to work with. Is my point? Uh, was he there too much? Did he have too many lines that weren't funny? Yes and yes. But um, I don't think it was uh, altogether uh, worthless. Let's say I think there was some stuff in there to kind of take take heart from. Um, but hopefully, I would say hopefully it's not the end of the feud. Not because the feud is good, but uh, I would like to see something a little bit more definitive in the form of a normal match, please. Yeah. Uh, third match was Tropicana versus Lads from the Flats. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't have much to say about this match. I'll be honest. Much. I'll be honest here. I think Club Tropicana are extremely entertaining. Uh, Paddy M is one of my favorite OTT wrestlers. Uh, I don't think Club Tropicana are actually very good. Uh, that is almost the exact sentiment expressed to me by a lot of people. And like you, I think they're great. I love the entrance. I, of course, I love Jose. Jose. Yeah, we love Jose. We will always protect Jose Idol on this show. Um, but the word someone used to me was uh, exposed a little bit. Yeah, I would use the word. I would use the word limited. And the other, the other thing as well was again talking about that first match. I felt like for about a half an hour after that previous match, the crowd. It was like it was like the crowd was kind of dead. That was, it was not OTT. Like you see Meltzer and all these other people watching these free matches. They're going crazy about how this place looks awesome. I want to go to Dublin. And you know that, you know, there's a vibe in the wider wrestling world that when you talk about great crowds, you're talking about your PWG, but you're also talking about your OTT. This match was like from a parallel universe because they're doing their comedy. Maybe on a different night, I probably would have been cracking up. I don't know. But I was just sitting there. Stewing on the last match, and I was just the, the the shtick here was not clicking with me at all, and it did not click with the wider room at all. And so, when you have, you know, when you think of like the great Tropicana moments, like the Royal Rumble spot earlier in the year, the it's the crowd are into it, they're energized, they're jumping up and down, they're they're clapping, they're singing the song, they're doing the super sexy slip and slide chant, and all this other stuff. But then. When you take the energy out of the room, and this is hypothetically what it would be like if, if these guys are going to try and go, you know, elsewhere, you know, not in front of Irish crowds, they're going to have to overcome that quieter crowd atmosphere. And they certainly didn't, you know, work the crowd into a frenzy. They didn't win them back. You know, that's that was the real, I suppose, the real damning thing was that the crowd were down from the previous match, but they this match didn't do anything to get them back up. It was functionally fine. They didn't do anything wrong, but they didn't, they did not wow, you know. Yeah, I think because when you have Paddy M in there, he usually can kind of elevate a match. Uh, but then Worky and Aiden, who are kind of mirror images of each other, just yeah. are not very good. <laughs> are not very good. And Captain Sexy is 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 very entertaining as well. But again, is he is he there yet in terms of his development as a wrestler? I don't know. Mm. Uh. So next up, we uh, we had the Dan Barry match. It was this, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it was. So so Trent would have been um, a great opponent for Dan, I yeah. think. Uh, you know, naturally very funny. He's a charismatic guy, very over in OTT. I'm sure there would have dueling chants. I'm sure there would have been all kinds of stuff. And also, you know, he's a good enough wrestler as well. He can really he can hang when he has to. 
Um, I, I think, as we said at the top of this review, I mean, Sammy D, uh, one of the Irish guys I have very little time for. Um, uh, you know, I've heard people who've seen him outside of OTT say that he, you know, he has something. He has, but they, in OTT as a singles, he certainly hasn't kind of showed it to like that I've seen. Um, uh, so, so this match was, you know, it was the Dan Barry showcase. It was, it was very similar to the June match. Everyone wanted to sing and dance and do their dance songs and all that other stuff. Um, I thought it was great fun. I love all the dance stuff. He is very charming, very charismatic. Um, I like Dan a lot. He terrified me at one point, obviously, with the Fosbury flop spot. Um, he got tied up in the ropes. A re- a really nasty. So basically, you know, he tries to do the Fosbury flop, but basically... I think his face hit the top rope or something. He got hung up in the ropes. Now, he, re- he recovered straight away, and then he just did another dive. But then when he came up from the dive, half his face was, like, bright red and swollen. I saw him at the merch table after the show, and, my God, he looked like Two-Face. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, he was he was bleeding from the face. He, he was bleeding during the match, but then after he, he stopped bleeding, like, he was, like, swelling. It, it was nasty. He... I was very worried, but now he seems fine. He's, he traveled home. He posted a picture. He's he's a bit messed up, but he's okay. Very scary. Other than that, I thought this was great fun. But uh, to get back to the uh, death bite, I don't have much comment about the the actual match. They had they had you know they had a match. It was it was very much just you know people wanted to do the dance stuff. But again, I, I mentioned death by a thousand cuts on the show. Sammy D won. Yeah. Why did Sammy D win? I don't know. Especially right. First of all. Why did he win anyway? Especially since the Justy crew were losing on this show. Like this is supposed to be, you know, you know, the, the B Cool got his win and all this other stuff. Sammy, Sammy's not a guy you're really pushing as a single at all. Uh, and second of all, this is this is supposed to be a make good because you had to pull two like pretty big stars at the last second um, with no good substitutes. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not trying to kick OTT for that. Circumstantial. One day before the show, I absolutely, you know, I, I sympathize with that. But make the easy call and have the guy that everyone's singing and dancing and jumping up and down and and going ballistic for have him get the win over your your local guy who you never push anyway. Like what? Like what was this? Hmm. I mean, maybe they they just want some focus on the nasties. Maybe the nasties are gonna go for the tag straps or something. I don't know because just the didn't win but came out on top and Sammy D won. So maybe that's the direction. Very possible. Yeah, very possible. I mean, they, you know, just the lost. Maybe they're like, we don't want to, because they did just reform them. I mean, that's fair. Um, but I, I was just, I thought that was very silly. Because again, it, uh, but it's a result that, it's a result that I think doesn't matter either way going forward. But on the nice, it would have mattered to those fans to see a Dan Barry win. Um, you know, if, if, okay, let's say they are pushing the new nasties. That's fine. I don't think that push is made or broken by the fact that Dan Barry beats Sammy D, you know, in the third match on a, on a random show road show. Right. At the same time, I don't know how, how much time they want to, or how, how much steam they want to put in, in Dan Barry, a guy who, you know, is, is just a, just a chant. I, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> belittle Dan Barry, but you could have, not even had him in the ring and just had people do Dan Barry chants they would have been happy like was, yeah. was the match fantastic I don't know I, I don't even remember it I'll be honest other than the, the Fosbury flop I mean but again it's that's I mean look that's kind of OTT in a way there's lots of things where it's it's the shtick that, that people are into you know this this uh, again to me is maybe just them 
putting the attention on the people who are going to be there. Gonna, you got you got to build the, the people who are going to be on the shows. You know, as that's fair. To the, that's fair. I, my 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 main issue with with it was just that it was a you know th- this was the match where where a, a star was pulled from, but but that's fair enough. Anyway. Next match, we had the uh, Angel Cruz and Jimmy Havoc uh, death match. Yeah. Um, uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, well, enjoyed. I was wincing. It was seeing a match like this in person is like incredible. It's very visceral. Yeah. Um, Jimmy and Angel were right in front of like my section. I was second or third row, I think. Um, and so Angel was right in front of us doing that spot where he stapled Jimmy's eight by ten to his arm. Yeah. Um. And 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 then just for good measure, just put a few staples in his head, and like I'm right there, like five feet from Jimmy, like pulling these staples out of his head. I mean, like like I said, I think we talked about this in the, in the, in the build up. This is not a type of thing that I would watch religiously or I want to see every month. But like, you know, I I wanted to see one. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to see one of these just absolute spectacles. Um, in real life. Mm. Uh they did mouse traps. They did barbed wire chairs. Uh, lots of staple guns. Angel Cruz took a staple gun to the dick. Um, what else was there? Uh, the barefoot thumbtack spot. Um, yeah. Tables. They tried. They teased using the axe. Actually, using the axe. Um, <laughs> uh, for once, prick. One of the prick lads was covered in barbed wire, which I thought was was very funny. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good match. Someone did say to me. Uh, and I find it tough to argue. What made that a death match compared to the six man we got last month? Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was quite tame as a, as far as death matches go. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird barometer because I don't think I don't think in general overall the match was tame. I think they did some mad shit. The Angel's feet were disgusting after the match because he was he was bumping around all this other stuff and thumbtacks in the ring. Like I don't think it was a tame match, but yeah, it's like it's it, it is such a nebulous term, and it's like okay, what's a death match and all this other stuff? But the like the match last month actually had light tubes in it, and it's like, yeah, it's, I was more thinking about the stuff that they didn't do than the stuff mm. that they did. Like I, I I was expecting the light tubes to be back. I was thinking maybe, maybe they try the fire again after that they whiffed on that the first time. Um, yeah. I was thinking glass, which they've done before. Mm. And when I say tame, obviously I don't mean, um, you know, there there was some crazy shit in there. But when you promote it as like we've done all this before, this is our first death match. I'm thinking, okay, this is gonna be a level up, and it really wasn't. Uh, as yeah. To your point, um, it was about on the level of that first Janela match, um, yeah, or even even the second Janela match with the with the TK Cooper and like Martina was getting killed in that match. Like that was a that was a violent match in its own right. Um, um, and even and as we mentioned, the the match it, it was so odd that they they did light tubes to build to this match where they did not do light tubes. And it's again, it's it's kind of fucking hilarious. That I can sit here, fucking on my arse, saying, "Well, they didn't break light tubes over their heads." <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I you know, I, I you don't have to do that. I'm not saying that they have to, but I'm just saying the thought process is a bit odd, you know, um, to do it one month, say we're going to have this first time ever brutal spectacle, and then not do it that much. It, it, it was just odd. I still thought this match was really good. They both was, bled uh, as well. I mean, OTT they, they bled. OTT historically has had not had not had any blood. Um, yeah, 
intentionally. And then we you had until Jimmy Havoc last month with the light tubes. I mean, obviously you had Curtis Murray hit his head on the apron and stuff like that. But here, both bleeding from the forehead like it was the the nineteen nineties. Yeah, and I think that was I think that was a factor. I think you know we got to see two guys bleeding, hitting each other with shit, doing crazy stuff. It was a good time. They, you know, and it's like nitpicking about you know what they used, what they didn't use. They fucked each other up. You know, it was it was brutal. I mean, Jimmy was getting people wincing because he did the 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 paper cut spot in between the toes, yeah. um, which was which was like squirm inducing. It was really hard with lemon juice. Uh, on it. Oh, the le- now that was incredible. That because he because it was like he took this lemon. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's real. And then he, he took a big massive bite out of it. Um, and, and then squirted it over Angel's bleeding head. That was brutal. You know, it, it was good. I mean, you know, I don't want to harp on what they didn't do. I do think it was a good match, and I do think they, they, they beat themselves up. Um, I liked it a lot. And in fact, I was I was very tempted to buy that new Angel Cruz t-shirt. Uh, just say thanks. <laughs> I said that man deserves some money. Uh, I, did he a, deserves, he deserves I did end up not buying it in the end, because I have too many t-shirts. But uh, maybe I can, I don't know, buy it 8 by 10 or something. Fuck. Give that yeah. man some money for Christ's sake. Uh, but again, another one for the um, big massive question mark above my head. Jimmy won. Well, yeah, he's the deathmatch guy, isn't he? And Angel Cruz is a comedy, yeah, a comedy they, geek. They don't use him. They've used him like three times in the company. Three times ever. I know, but and it's like, and it's like, oh, this is a broader OTT criticism. I'm sick of the you've earned my respect match in OTT. I'm sick of it. Every match, it's a foreigner beating a local guy and they go, oh, well, you know, I respect you now. <laughs> Let him win then. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, I didn't expect uh, in a death match the, the death match veteran to be beaten by the guy having his first death match. Do you know? It was that kind of story. <sighs> I guess, and I, I did laugh at Angel saying they should have a life match. Like that was funny. And no, and to be fair, the the you got my respect gimmick, I think at least made sense in the context of this one match. Fair enough when they do it elsewhere, it's a bit annoying. Here, kind of, it made sense because the match was only set up because Angel fucked up in the first place, and then he kind of went into Jimmy's world and and hanged with him. You know, it, it kind of kind of worked. Um. So that, of course, brought us to uh, to a fu- to a fucking never-ending intermission that went for about forty cunting minutes. Jesus Christ! Did it? I, I didn't so fucking it. long. Jesus! <laughs> He's more annoyed about this than the fucking the be cool match. <laughs> dude loves Steve Austin, but none of the fun. Um, <laughs> ah, I'm very long. about that match. I'm very gotten to about that match, but um. Here's a weird thing. Okay. Uh, uh, intermission comes. They play a video confirming. They obviously announced on Twitter that Pac is coming to OTT soon. Yeah. Very, very cool. Obviously, Pac has worked in, you know, Cabret-affiliated promotions for years before he signed to WWE. They announced it. They put the video up. February. Yeah. It's now November. And yeah. this plays into my kind of broader concerns about OTT. That it's really, generally speaking, I think it's a greatly, it's a very well booked promotion. Great booking, great stars, imports, locals. It's, it's my biggest concern is a very simple issue, which is their 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 venue issue, which is which is looming ever large over them. Um, 
And so they and they said on Twitter they wanted to do a, uh, a December show in Dublin before the Belfast show they're doing. Uh, they just they just couldn't. They, they didn't have anywhere to put it. Um, and now they did this in 2018 as well. But 2019, no January show. There'll be a contenders, they said, but no no main show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after all that excitement of when they announced Park, which was very cool, he's not going to be there for four months. Like really, like really think about that. Four months. Ahead of time, they announced this. Um, and uh, once, one thing that someone said that I thought was a great point is, we don't even know wh- what this park run is going to be like. By the time four months rolls around, we could be having the conversation of, oh man, Park lost something in WWE. You know, he. I highly doubt this, but I'm just you know spitballing. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's 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 a bit deflating that it's that they came out with the announcement. It was this red hot thing. And then, and then to find out it's February, you know, uh, Courage, the you know, somewhat controversial new promotion that sprung up in County Dublin, um, they're they are having Pac's first European match. His first match back um, is uh, this coming Friday. I'm fairly sure. And Swords. In Swords, and they, you know, side note, but they've done a terrible job of promoting that. He does not even have an announced opponent yet. Um, it's it's a shocking non-event that that's his first show, but yeah, I just thought that was I thought that was a a, a bit again, like I said, it's it, the show was just full of little things that just kind of made me go oh, oh okay, like they they play the park video, I'm like rubbing my hands together, I'm like here we go, here we go, what do we got, what do we got, what do we got, we did you make the December show happen, or January, what are we looking at, and it's like February, I was like man. It's like early November right now, you know. And in fact, just... the the announcement that he was coming to OTT was uh, October twenty fifth. So it's going to be almost five months, actually, before the show happens. So yeah, that's a bit of warmer. So also on the poster, uh, Raven, Martina, Walter, Jordan, and uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who's a up and coming. Um, U.S. indie star, very good. Um, uh, so yeah, that show's called Homecoming. It's in February. It has a cage match. Looks on like they're graphic. doing the cage again. Yeah. Uh, which I, when I saw that, I was like, I wonder if that's uh, Devlin Walter. But after the finish, I think Star Devlin might be the match. But we'll we'll talk about that more um, in a bit. So we came back from intermission. Uh, we had the women's match: Raven Creed defending against Lana Austin. Um, again, crowd was kind of low. Uh, this was a this was not a good spot for this match. I don't think uh, positioning wise, um, uh, the crowd was really into Raven for her entrance. I think coming off the hype of of uh, like her her big match with Sammy, I almost think that that match could have opened or maybe gone on second. Um, I think if it went on early, it would have done well. Um, it was okay. Uh, Lana was not. It was not as bad as the Martina match. I, th- I think she did fine, but I, I was not as impressed as I was with her in the tag match. I think maybe her and Casey as a tag team is a more interesting yeah. uh, off for OTT. I, I thought it was pretty basic, and um, the crowd were pretty damn quiet. Yeah, Lan Aston's not very good. I'm, you don't think so? I'm afraid to confirm. Yeah, I don't think she's very good. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was bored by this, to be honest. Um, I so I want to like Raven Creed so much, but I don't get you're it. You still not into her? No. Do you not like the Sammy match? 
I I I did actually like the Sammy match, um, but I thought it was like with, with Defiant. Uh, oh yeah, because you weren't on when I watched Defiant too. Sorry. No. Um, I thought the first three matches of Defiant were were great, and I thought the last two were fine. Fine, man. Yeah. That's mad. Anyway, we'll that's you know you talked about that last week. That's fine. Um. Uh, yeah, so that was that match, and then we had the previously talked about four-way Mark Haskins, LJ Cleary, um, Chris Ridgeway, and Scotty Davis. So they announced that this was a four-way for LJ's title. Then they announced LJ was too hurt to compete. Like, literally in the same sentence, they all said this. And so it was a three-way again, which is what it was originally announced as. Okay, the three lads make their entrances and Haskins gets on the mic and he basically reissues his challenge to LJ. And he says, you come out, you can face me, you can put your gender neutral title on the line and I'll put the briefcase on the line. He has his title shot briefcase. Uh, and again, I'm not sure how much of this was said in the original video that I couldn't hear, but LJ comes out all bandaged up from his match earlier in the night. He accepts the challenge uh, and the finish was uh, LJ was being super resilient. He was kicking out of all this stuff and eventually Haskins put him down. So Haskins is now the gender neutral and uh, champion and also the, uh, the, the briefcase holder. The golden uh, contract holder. Oh, is that what they called it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, so that was that. But as you said earlier, I thought this the actual match though was fantastic. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was an odd match on paper because I you think of Ridgeway. I was like, ah, eh, Ridgeway in a four way. How does that work? You know, it's not really his style. I thought he was great. I thought he was intense. He's got a real charisma about him. He's he's got he got he seems like he kind of had the confidence up. He was he was yeah. really great in this match. Uh, Scotty, you know, I mean, we've we've talked enough about kind of Scotty and how great he is. LJ as well. Haskins always very reliable. Uh, Haskins was was I, I liked him a lot as a heel in this match. I think there is uh, potential and all that stuff going forward. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, LJ, uh, I feel like he has a bit of adversity to overcome now, which is which is good because the more hype lads, they're all very uh, fun loving. But uh, I think this would be something for him to sink his teeth into. Yeah, I like that they're moving the at least temporarily. Moving the gender neutral title out of that kind of comedy zone. I don't foresee Haskins doing wacky comedy hardcore matches with Martina and Mr. Juicy or whatever. You know, it'll, it'll be a little bit more serious for a time being. Maybe him and LJ down the line. I like I, I, I liked LJ as champion, but that title is just four dudes fighting for this belt. Last month, Four dudes again and one girl. Uh, you know, it's always multi-man matches with one woman. You know, it's very rarely LJ versus a woman. God forbid it be a woman versus a woman. Like it's just, it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's it's a weird belt that I'm I'm just not into. Yeah. Uh, and that brought us to the main event, which was Ring Camp versus David Starr and Jordan Devlin. Yeah. I thought this was pretty much incredible. Okay. I thought it was. I would need. To, I rewatched the low key match a few times and loved it. I would need to rewatch this one on VOD, see how it stacks up. I think it's on that level, probably better. Um, and I would maybe put it on par with. 
No, maybe not. Maybe a, a smidge below Osprey and Walter, and then a, a you know, w- which in turn is a smidge below Devlin Walter. So I'd say it's up there with my favorite matches of the year. Okay. And I thought I'll do you one better on that one. Go on. I would. I won't say where it where it ranks in terms of you know its objective goodness. Let's say. Um, but I think I I enjoyed it more than. Osprey Walter and Devlin Walter. Wow. Because there were just there was just moments in the match, like little story beats in the match. And I think to myself, this is this is just brilliant how they're doing this. You know, like I, I really appreciated it uh appreciated it on that level. Like there was the moments where um uh Star was like waylaying into I don't remember if it was Thatcher or Walter, and I was like, that, oh, that reminds me of that spot from the previous. There's so many ties to like stuff they did in this match that it tied directly to all the previous matches. You know, it was kind of like, um, not not the greatest hits, obviously, but it it was like a a well thought out direct evolution of what came before. Um, obviously culminating then in in the finish, but um, even little moments like uh. The right hand, obviously, which they, they really kind of lent into in the promotion of it. Um, there was a moment, like little meaningless moments. There was a moment where Devon was down. He was like pulling at Walter's like sock, trying to pull himself up. And even in the in the early parts of the match, um, what I liked, I I, I, don't, I don't I believe this was intentional. I, I I don't know, but I liked that the opening few minutes were almost like a mirror image of the. The opening few minutes from the the original uh, low key match. match, where it was almost like ring camp weren't taking it seriously, you know. Ah, look at these guys, oh, they're nothing, you know. And I was like, oh, it's so fucking good, so clever, and um, and uh, and then that led obviously to the finish, which I I really loved. Yeah, the the little things you mentioned. I, this is, you know. I think I think with this show, you know, we've perhaps illustrated that we're not just you know filleting OTT for the sake of it. Certainly not this this show. This this main event thing. This is like the best story in wrestling right now. It's so everyone's individual performance is so phenomenal, but it, but the the overall story is great as well. But like I said, it was like that Loki match. They were really obviously keeping Devlin and Walter apart. Um, for that, so that you know, five or six minutes in, they would finally tag in because they. By the way, everyone would go ballistic. Do you know what was the one thing I, I was hoping that they wouldn't do, but they did? Was that- the wacky David Starr intro? He where Butch has the phone out and goes, "He's the." He's really oh, good yeah, at it. I was like, I wish that they come out and, and didn't do that because they were because they were so focused, they were so serious that they like eliminated all the silliness from it. That's that's a nitpick, to be fair, but. No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But I think I remember, and again, this this speaks to the um, the depth of the feud. I remember after the Loki match when Jordan lost in in his first sit down with Angle, he um, I'm fairly sure there was a line that some people latched onto where he kind of talked about how Star had kind of you know he it was not a major talking point, but he kind of mentioned in passing that oh you know I was I goofing off with my best friend and you know. Star had this idea for this entrance. They kind of leaned into the idea that it was like Star's influence that had them doing the goofy entrance. But right. uh, but anyway, um, like so, you mentioned the right hand from the video package. Yeah, they did another spot. They did a spot here, and this is why Walter is so incredible because he's simultaneously the baddest man in the world, 
But when he shows vulnerability, you're so fucking fired up about it. At one point near the end, just before the pile driver, he basically did a, like, a, a Ric Flair like oh the vegan off spot. Oh my! And people were like, God. "Ah, kill him!" Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's magic! It's magic! It's just it's pro wrestling at its best. It really is because people people believe Jordan can do it, and it's all they want and the crowd it's been gradual but the crowd is now just so firmly even the people i mean there's still a, a contingent that loves walter because he's so incredible but it's really he is the heel now and he's healing it up himself in the ring um uh like so there was that spot there was a spot where like the loki match at one point walter just walks over and just boots jordan in the face off the apron um Jordan in return knocked Walter off the apron before they had actually both tagged in together and and, and that got a huge pop. So um, the finish then boils down to the big spot. I was wondering if they were going to do it. He didn't do it in the title match, but Devlin packaged pile drives. Literally after months of build, he packaged pile drives. This is what I'm talking about. This is like the best feud in wrestling. Protecting a finish for like since, it's now November, since June. Um, this this was this was can Brock Lesnar F five the Big Show? But, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, but unlike the Big Show thing, it's not something where you roll your eyes and go, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. So he gets him up. He hits the pile driver. Everyone is fucking up and down, jumping, screaming, shouting. Well, people talk about like the with the Undertaker streak. Oh, in that Hell in a Cell match when Shawn Michaels hit the the switch in and Triple H hit the pedigree. Oh, I'm sure that was it. I've never been so sure of a finish in my life as Devlin hit the pile driver. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was totally bought into it. Especially because this, you know, we talked about the details, but the the meta of this story has been basic in the best possible way. It's made it's been logical and made sense. You know, you know, Walter put the fear into Devlin in, in that first match. All these other little things. I I think a lot of people went into this match thinking. If they do a spot where it proves Devlin can beat him, whether that's almost beating him and getting turned on or fucked in some capacity, or if he straight up beats him, which I would have been against, I did not want to see Walter pinned. I don't want to see Walter pinned until the switch is happening. You know what I mean? Until Devlin's winning it back. And they did it exactly right here. Gets the pile driver. Everyone goes crazy. We're thinking, here we go. He's going to win here. He can prove he can beat him title match next year and we're laughing but he gets the one he gets the two and David Starr yanks Foxy out before he can finish the pin and Jordan sits up from the pin a look of shock on his face Starr I tell you what it like the, it, it's great that Starr's in this feud because of his history with Walter but also his his ability to tell a story with his with his facials and his reactions were so perfect because you knew straight away. I know he actually had his back to you, actually. So I don't know how much of this you caught immediately, but I, I actually posted a picture because I, I was facing kind of Star's direction. You knew straight away when he pulled him out and he looked at Jordan that he wasn't going to be doing the mustache twirly. I actually hated you all along. Uh, shit, he was not going to be doing that. You knew the second he did it exactly what the story was, and it was confirmed by the promo he put up on, on the yeah, OTT Twitter. I saw that. That yeah. it, it's going to be David Starr is gotten to that he can't beat Walter, and that Jordan is quite obviously on the on the journey to beat Walter. 
and it it cuts Star up that that he's going to do it before before Star himself can, and he conveyed all that just with his reaction, and so he breaks up the pin. Tim and Walter recover. They double team uh, Jordan. Star's in you know pieces outside the ring at his at his own actions, and Jordan's pinned. Um, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal match. It was a phenomenal finish, and it's it's you know a, a, another perfect wrinkle in this story it really is um yeah so so and i love as well that i don't i know for me i can't speak for anyone else but like the focus for me in the match was on walter and devlin and i wasn't even thinking about david star and that's why the finish worked so well because because it's like a magic trick you know while while you're while you're looking at what you think the trick is Fucking something else is happening over here where you're not even looking, you know? Classic misdirection. And that's, that's, I was like, oh, what? 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 <laughs> it was great. Wonderful stuff. Excellent. Wonderful Excellent. stuff. So, uh, you think they'll do Devlin and Star in the cage? You think that's the cage? I don't know. Cage? I don't know. The other thing is, I mean, it, it could be, it could be anything because it could also end up being, um, like, Kings more than hype. Like, it could be anything, you know, so, um, uh, I think a pretty good card um, would be Devlin Star, number one contendership match in the cage. Yeah. Um, and your title match is Walter and Pac. Okay. Um, which, I mean, who knows? He, I feel like he's going to be working every promotion under the sun, so maybe someone will beat them to the punch. But um, that's a that's a big marquee, you know headlines you know I don't, I don't know if you put them together to be honest because I think, think so no I, I think they'll separate him I don't think you, you bring Pac in and beat him nor do that's, I think you, nor do I think you beat Walter with Pac do you know what I mean absolutely that's fair yeah um, um, I think yeah, that's I mean, something that's, whether other companies do it first or not I don't know but I think that's something that you could potentially do down the line I don't know if you go straight to that maybe they do it's also weird because I don't know what kind of character because like you can tell from his Twitter that Pac is in he's into that character he had in WWE um, and he's obviously having a lot of fun with it and I think it's the most charismatic he's ever been in his whole career um, so obviously he wants to still do that but you know he's going to be cheered for the first I you know X months he's going to be he's going to be a, a big baby face so it, the dynamic is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we have, as we talked about earlier, we have a long wait before that show. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of different directions the card could go. Um, yeah, so that was OTT Redemption. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a bad show with that main event. Talking to you about it, I mean... There, you know, there, you there, were, three, there were three really great matches on it. There were. I mean, it was like, talking to you about it, I'm like, yeah, I've been kind of stewing on the bad stuff. But like, you know, that main event is incredible. I mean, we both have it up there with the best matches of the year in an incredible year. Um, uh, you know, like the death match was really fun. Um, uh, the opener, I mean, the opener really was top notch. And like, other than the second match, I mean, most of the other match, like the second match, I did, I still really disliked. All the other matches, they had their shortcomings, but there were no other like stinkers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Tropicana lads match, like okay, the crowd were down, and the match was just there. You know, but it wasn't bad. Len Austin and Raven, it was just there. It wasn't bad. You know, yeah, I, I think you know. On, on reflection, talking to you, you know, you're a bit higher on the show than I was. I, I, I don't think it was like, terrible, but I was. 
it, it was just the, it was I thought some curious decisions were made, you know. Um, mm, that's fair. But um, but yeah, it was uh, you know as always you know think about OTT is I I don't I don't feel like I've ever left a show ever feeling properly stung and and any show where they're doing any kind of Walter Devlin story relevant match I don't think there's a chance you leave disappointed I mean they've they've hit it out of the park right every single time I mean you mentioned the the, the Devlin video I'm talking about the punch that video is so good. It's so good. His interview is great. The, the, the editing is great. You know, they've they, they've really done super well on that. But um, yeah, so uh, onwards anyway to um, uh, uh, the new year. Are you doing contenders? No, I think I'll I think I'll leave it until until February. Okay. Yeah. Recharge the batteries. Yeah, yeah. Let let let, let the excitement build for whatever's around yeah, the corner. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll be at contenders in three weeks. Jordan Grace versus Raven Creed. Masato Tanaka, Sean Guinness, Michael May versus More Than Hype, and Jordan Devlin versus Terry Thatcher. They just announced today, so that's yeah, be good. Very good show. Uh, Curtis Murray looks like he's getting shite all on that show because all the <laughs> big names are in matches already. Um, so yeah, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for the OTT review, and that's also going to do it for the show. Uh, you know, a bit of a quiet wrestling week this week. So obviously, if you're a, a non-OTT fan, uh, apologies there for the for the lengthy spiel. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Uh, it's chairshoppodcast.com if you want to email or just you know go through the episode archive. Chairshop Pod on Twitter and Chairshop Podcast as well on the Facebook, which I don't plug very often. Um, yeah. So uh, until next week, folks, it's gonna be goodbye from me. Barry Murphy. So we goodbye from possibly asleep Joe Towner. Goodbye. Oh, he's still there. And it's gonna be still there, and it's gonna be goodbye. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. <laughs>